Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to yet another episode of Popping Off with Bill, the podcast. Happy Tuesday, co-host, and happy first day back to work after a long three-day weekend, because <laughs> I know it's going to be a struggle. It's Tuesday, but it's going to feel like Monday, and it's also going to feel like you weren't at work all last week. So prepare for that type of day, <laughs> um, which should be exciting. I had a wonderful, wonderful Labor Day weekend holiday because, as you know, my birthday, which was Wednesday last week bleeds into Labor Day holiday and so I had a wonderful time with friends and with family drinking and talking about boys talking about relationships and talking about boys uh talking about family and talking about boys having great cocktails and talking about boys and eating great food and talking about boys because that's what we do when we get together whether we're talking about boys of the world or boys in our lives we talk about boys (laughs) and so it was great to catch up to see how people were doing their families their personal lives their relationships um their work you know what's next you know it was just great to have that time i went furniture shopping um i worked a festival as a stage manager got a chance to see the fabulous shantae Moore. i just really had a really really great weekend and so hey um, I, I, what, what more can you say about your 34th? I'm extremely excited. Um, I got time. I got an opportunity to spend some time with Bay. We watched a really great show, which is the subject of this podcast. Um, cause I know I got your attention, black love, a homosexual story. <laughs> um, and so I, I want to get into that, but I want to segue into that because prior to that, um, a football player by the name of Ryan Russell, who I believe is on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, came out as bisexual. And in his release, he was pictured with his partner, who is a white man. And of course, that went viral. <laughs> and to follow this this collage of pictures with other black men in entertainment or in sports or in just the public eye were pictured with their spouses or their partners who all happen to be white men. Um, Billy Porter, who we all know from Pose and from his many, many, many years in theater in Broadway or on Broadway. Karamo Brown, who's part of the, the newest installment of what Queer Eye that's on Netflix and his partner. And of course, Don Lemon and his partner. And so the the conversation is, well, it was two different conversations going on. First conversation that I I tuned into was, well, why does he have to come out at all? You know, what's the point? You know, why can't he just play football? And I tell people all the time that advocacy is most effective when someone who has privilege takes the time to say, this is bullshit and let me tell you why. And I'm grateful and fortunate and blessed to have friends who really are classified as allies because they will not allow things to be said or done that are are, are not justifiable just because they are heterosexual. Um, And one of my really good friends took to this post and said, because he can't live his life. He's in an industry such as football. He's in a business where he's surrounded around this whole concept of heteronormativity and patriarchy and and how things should go. And he has to attend these events 
with all of these people and their spouses and their partners and their children. And he's left out. Whereas he's he has this separate life um, where he does have this partner whom he loves that he can't he can't actually do that outside of the confines of a home or, or privacy. And he shouldn't have to live that way. He shouldn't have to live that way. And it shouldn't be a situation where when he decides that he doesn't want to live that way, that it's this big deal. Um, and that goes into that whole concept of, you know, a friend of mine was saying this not too long ago, that light is the best disinfectant. We always talk about normalcy and creating this idea of normalcy and making things more normal. Yet we have people who are just trying to live their lives normally and we're telling them that they can't. People are tired of living their lives in the shadows. Being gay is not new. Having a partner is not new. We've all grown up with that relative that has a roommate and has always had a roommate. They have been married, they ain't got no kids, but they've always had a roommate. You know, we've been with that relative who always has friends that we never really see or we never really know. They always live by themselves. They always live these sequestered lives. That's what it is. But the reason why people feel they have to live those lives is because they don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be ostracized. They don't want to be pushed out, discriminated against or abandoned uh, or sentenced because they're literally just living their lives. But we're coming into a space and a generation now where people feel like I'm entitled to have all of the things that I want, just like my counterparts. I, I should be able to have a family. I should be able to have children. Um, I should be able to take my spouse out. If I want to walk down the street or down the boardwalk or on the beach with my partner holding hands, I should be able to do that. And it shouldn't be this... <gasps> But it's just not normal and it's just not right and it's confusing. There's nothing confusing about it. We just have to start teaching our children that <laughs> that although mommy and daddy are together, there are going to be some people that you encounter who have two moms and two dads and that's fine because what's important is that they are loved and they're supported. And although you may grow up and choose that you want to have a wife or a husband as opposed to someone of the same gender. That's your choice. And you shouldn't um, spend so much time and expend so much energy and exhaust yourselves trying to destroy someone else's family unit or trying to ridicule somebody or create all these prejudices towards other people just because that's not what you like and that's not who you want to be with. And we have to get to that place where we start having that conversation because it's important. Because people don't want to live, again, their lives in the shadows. And they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to. Um, and so I was glad that, that conversation was going on and I jumped in and, and this is my take on it. And this is what I feel. I'm a, I'm a gay black man. And as if it's not hard enough being a black man, um, you add another layer that someone uses to discriminate against me. But the problem is, is that as a black man, I've been prepared and groomed to be well-dressed and well-educated and well-versed um, so that I can survive in a world that is going to still look at all of those accomplishments and say, you still a nigga, okay? And I understand that. And so because of that, there's a veneer that we all have as black people to navigate this world you know some of us are starting to shake that veneer but the majority of us walk through this world with this veneer 
And that veneer is we always have to operate in the space because white people are around. Don't eat chicken in the break room. White people are around. Don't eat watermelon and spit out the seeds. White people are around. Don't use slang. White people are around. We're always in this situation where as black people in this world, we're always on. We always have to be on because there's a part of us that is looking for this acceptance so we can navigate through this world so we can have all those things that we see other people having. You know, um, I say this all the time. We look at our lives and we say one or two things. Either I want the lives of the people in my family or I don't want the lives of the people in my family. <laughs> and you have to make choices in order to do that. Some of the people in your family are college educated and that's the path you go. Some people in your family are not college educated, so you go the other path because there are things that you want in your life that you see that they don't have. And you say, the only way that I'm gonna get these things is if I follow this particular path. And some people will follow that path all the way to the White House per se, because they want something different for their lives and something different for their children's lives. And so, you know, we, that's the struggle of being a black man or a black person, but I'm particularly want to speak about black men. That's the struggle of being a black man in this world. Now I'm gay. And so in addition, before I even go out into the world that's cold, that doesn't give a shit about me, I have to fight and struggle with the people within my community, my family, my church, my fraternity, my HBCU. Uh, on whether or not I am legitimate enough to be a man because I'm gay and I love men. So you see that struggle that we go through? It's tough. And so for years, many of us deal with this whole concept of self-hatred. We hate ourselves not really realizing we hate ourselves because we've been indoctrinated with the idea that who we are is an abomination. It's unnatural. It's unsavory. It's not right and the 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 fight is but it's i didn't ask for this it's not like i was like you know let me figure out a way to really fuck some shit up i really want to make my life 12 times more difficult than it already is as a black man but also being gay uh, i really want to be in a situation where the people who are supposed to lift me up are the first people who tell me i ain't right I really want to live in that world. So we have to struggle and fight through all of that. And because of that, a lot of us make choices and decisions about the lives that we're going to live. Because there are things that we want. Being a black gay man doesn't mean that I don't want a partner. That I don't want a house and a picket fence and a dog and, and kids. Doesn't mean I want to travel with someone. It doesn't mean that I don't want those things, but people decide that because the world is too harsh, because the world is not ready, because I don't want to fight this fight, because I want to be a politician, because I want to be um, a theologian, uh, because I want to be a movie star, because I want to be a, a Grammy Award winner. The world, because I want to be a gospel artist, the world says that I can't do those things and be a same gender loving individual. So either I will choose to fight this thing that is natural, very natural to me and live this life in the shadows by having all of these things, a wife and children and having a man on the side, 
or by just being DL and saying that I'm being private and discreet because I have these relationships, but I'll never really have this, the, the, the type of relationship I want or just deciding to live a life in solitude. Those are some of the choices that people have to make. Um, and for some people, that's fine. Some people are going to live their lives and be married to women their whole lives and have sex with men. And, and put themselves and their spouses, uh, put their health and their spouse's health in jeopardy. Some people are going to do that. Some people are going to decide to just live this life of being this self-proclaimed bachelor to the world while knowing that they have all of these, these private relationships, you know? Um, and some people are just going to be by themselves. Some people are just going to be by themselves. They're going to be by themselves because they say, I can't have what I want. And I don't want to play that game. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, just going to be by myself. Some people are going to be content with those types of lives, but there are going to be other people who are going to say to hell with that. I've worked too goddamn hard to, to, to build a life for myself, to afford myself the opportunity to be a part of this country club and to live in this neighborhood and attend this church and to be a part of this fraternity and to be an alumni at this institution and to work at this corporate job, to not have my partner by my side, to not have the children that I want and raise them and give them opportunities that I didn't have. Fuck that. I've worked too hard and I'm going to live my life. And what I, what I wager is for these men, particular these men who are in public spaces, is that they've encountered men that look like them, that are probably awesome men, but don't want what it is they want. And so they've had to step outside of that in order to get what they want. Because I met a great guy, but he very, very blatantly told me, I don't, I don't want to ever get married, but I know I want to get married. Or I don't want to have kids, but I know I want to have kids. Or I'm not interested in being public. Why can't we just do this and do that? And people are disinterested in that. And so they have to go to spaces and places where they find people who have commonalities, where people who are like-minded so that they can get what they want out of life. And although in the conversations that I've been a part of with other men who are other gay black men who are like, I just don't understand. It, it, it's becoming the same type of story that black women are having. I just don't understand why black men are with white women or with Asian women or with women who are not black. And while I will say that I believe that the black man dating outside his race is much different than the than the the black or the black heterosexual man dating outside of his race is much different from the black gay man dating outside of his race. Um that 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 story is becoming popular or prominent in our community as well and some of it is what i believe this is just my own personal belief is that these men men like myself who i know that i want to be married i know that i want to have children you know have encountered men in the past who have nah i i, I only fuck with dudes that fuck with with, 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 with females as they say or women um, I only I only fuck with dudes who have wives I only fuck with dudes who have girlfriends I'm not interested in being married I don't believe in gay marriage I don't want to have children um, I just want to be single and living fancy free all the rest of my life um, or 
I want to have all of the benefits of being in a relationship, but I want to fuck other people. I wager that some of the problems that people like Billy and Karamo and Don and Ryan have encountered is they've encountered people who want to stifle who they are. People who look like them, because I feel like it's difficult to 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 date and navigate in this world. And even when you find someone, you still find yourself being faced with these challenges because of how they feel and view the world. You know, um, I think that that's some of what they've dealt with. That's some of what they've encountered. And so because of that, they've had to go to other other spaces, other places to find people who want the same things that they want out of life and aren't afraid to live those things out loud. Now, some people are going to argue, I'm pretty sure there are black people in their circle that want the same things they want. Maybe, but maybe not. But maybe not. I think that the amount of people having this conversation, the percentage of people having this conversation, black gay men having a conversation about rejecting heteronormativity, about being married, about having children, about being in monogamous relationships is a minority. It is a minority. And I think that sometimes we forget those of us who are having that conversation that we're in the minority. And Unfortunately, people aren't living in a world <laughs> where they are around a lot of minorities in, in that regard, in my in terms of their, that thinking. They're living a lot around a lot of people who have a majority way of thinking. And we live in a heteronormative society and heteronormativity is supported by patriarchy and sexism and misogynism. Like it's supported by those things. Those things keep heteronormativity alive and so because we don't we don't have enough influence to change that conversation people aren't talking the way that we're talking people are content with the way that they're living lives so that's what I'm gonna say about that but I want to segue into saying that and I don't want to take away from Black Love, which is a series on all, because there is a couple that's profiled in Black Love and they're a production team. Um, I'm very familiar with their work. If I'm not mistaken, they did the D, they're, they're responsible for the DL Chronicles. Don't want to take away from that. But I had an opportunity this weekend to watch Hollywood Styling, which profiles uh, Jason and Adair, which they're a couple that own this this company called JSN, JSN, I guess it's JSN Studios, where Jason is a celebrity stylist and um, Adair is a it's an interior decorator. And they run this business together and they work with people like Taraji P. Henson and Sana Lathan and, um, and Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade and Dulé Hill and his wife whose name just left me jasmine <laughs> and, and his and, and his wife and and they've he's just recently worked with serena williams uh, and he's worked with uh yara shahidi and uh the and uh eva duvernay and the young woman who was uh in a wrinkle in time whose name also escapes me at this very moment but you know he's worked with them 
and they and they've collectively worked with these individuals and i mostly profile the black folks they work with some white folks too but that ain't what this is about the point i'm trying to make is is i had an emotional response to that show because i was like oh my god this is what's missing this is what people such as myself me and my partner got an opportunity to sit on the couch on a saturday afternoon and watch a couple navigate their lives their professional lives and their personal lives and it's something that we haven't seen before and so when people argue and say that they feel that the media or that the world is trying to emasculate black men by making them gay characters when they say that they're trying to push this agenda and make everybody gay and make it acceptable what they're trying to do is there there's a world full of people who are looking for representation who are looking for something that looks like them you know before tiger woods you know even though we know that there have been black men playing golf for years but before tiger woods black boys didn't think they could play golf they didn't think they they could go to ivy league institutions on 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 golf scholarships they thought that their only hope was basketball or football you know before your bo jacksons and i understand that there was a negro league don't get me wrong i'm not trying to discredit jackie robinson and well jackie robinson also played for i'm not trying to discredit anybody from the past that's what i'll say um we want to give them credit but there's been people in the newer millennia that have given people the idea that they can do it yes there was an Althea Gibson yes there was an Arthur Ashe but until Venus and Serena we didn't have your Townsends and your Osaka's and your Goffs and your um your Sloan Stevens who believed that that was a dream that that's something they that they could do and because of the work that Venus primarily did in pushing the envelope in terms of equality in terms of pay those women can not only play professional tennis but they can also make good money (laughs) you know so people just crave representation they crave looking somebody that looks like them doing the things that they want to do so that they too can say this is something achievable and we don't have that so when when i hear black people particularly um have such an issue with black characters being gay because black white men and and white women have been gay on on things before you know what i'm saying but when black men are being being portrayed as gay characters it's this big uproar and it's like no there are little black boys who want to know that they can be models and actors and doctors and be in relationships and if they don't see it because they're not going to get it in their community if they don't see it in a real way then they'll believe what you say and they'll believe that every black man and this is not to take anything away from these black men but they'll believe that every gay black man looks and acts like miss lawrence or derrick j that's what they'll believe but we're not a monolith and so people have to be able to see and experience that to understand it and to see jason and adair on tv to see their family unit, to see them disagree and argue and fight, but in love, 
and, and out of frustration about bringing a child into the world. The fact that they've been married for seven years, they've been talking about children, and you have one person who's, I'm ready now, and I'm continuous, I've been ready since I brought it up, and one person who's constantly said, but let's get this together, let's just get together, and you've been patient with that. And then that person finally says, I'm ready, and then they renege. You're frustrated. It doesn't mean that you love that person any less, um, but to see them argue, and to disagree and, and have that moment where they're like, I really, I need a moment. I'm not ready to talk about this shit. I'm not ready to do this yet. I'm not ready to make up yet. Was beautiful because the reality is, is that those things happen. People who love each other fight. People who love each other argue. People who love each other disagree, but they do it in a way knowing that even after I've gone in the corner and licked the wound that I can come back to this space and love and we can have a conversation about why we feel the way that we feel. And I thought that was beautiful, especially to watch with my partner, because we struggle with that. We struggle with the concept of it's okay to disagree. It's okay to argue, but we have to communicate. And that's just real life. That's just real life. Um, and we haven't seen it before because we don't get a chance to see it in our lives. And it's different with our parents. And that's even if you've had parents who've had that. So I've had I've seen it both ways. My mother and my father's relationship did not work. <laughs> and to me, it seemed tumultuous the entire time I was growing up. And then my father met and married this wonderful woman who I'm blessed to call my bonus mother and who I call Ma. And they've been married for 25 years and, and, and they act like school kids. But that doesn't mean that they don't fight and that they don't argue and they don't disagree. But it hasn't been enough for people to pack their shit and walk out the door, you know, because it happens. It's real. You have two different people with two different ideas about how things should work, two different ideas about how children should be raised, trying to find a common ground so that everybody can grow and everybody can develop and everybody can move and press on. That shit takes work. And there's going to be some disagreements and it shouldn't be a situation where somebody says, well, do you want to break up? Is this over? Should I move on? No, we just got to fight through it to get to the other side. But if you don't see that in action, um, then you don't know that that's a possibility. You know, when you talk to friends about their relationships, they, they always seem to be failing, <laughs> but we were able to actually see a relationship in action. Um, and we were actually able to hear their story and see how they got to where they got. And, and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't one of those stories where everybody loved it was, where it was love at first sight. And everybody was like, oh, this person is great. One person thought another person was a drunk. Another person thought the other person was interested. One person thought the other person talked too much. That's real. But that doesn't mean that we can't come together and figure it out. And I think that it's really great that they're showing this now and it's on Netflix, which has such a large platform because I think that it's important for us as gay black men, because I'm back to us now, <laughs> it's important for us to see, see those things in motion. Because the reality is, is that we can't continue to say, I don't know what it looks like when it works. So because I don't know what it looks like when it works, I don't have an idea of what I want. We can't we can't continue to use that excuse. And that 
episode, those episodes in that series and those two men offer a, 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 a breath of fresh air and a hope that I just haven't seen in a very, very long time. And I literally, literally was having an emotional response. Like, and I'm not a crier, but I was feeling like the welling of tears in the corners of my eyes because it was really just an extremely beautiful thing to see. Um, because we as black men, as black gay men, have to begin to envision what it is we want out of life and, and who we want to spend that life with. And we can't be scared or fearful of, of those dreams. We can't be scared to say, I want to be with somebody who we can travel out the country every two years. Um, we can't be scared to say, I want to live in this community and I want to drive this type of car. And I want a person who is honest with me, even when even when it's something I don't want to hear. I, or, or that I want somebody who's going to fuck my brains out three times a week. Like We have to be able to say that those are the things that we want and not be fearful that that won't be received. Because that's what you want. Now, we don't always get what we want out of life. True indeed. So in addition to what we want, we also have to be able to convey and articulate what it is we need from that person. And we can't be like, well, this is what I need, but I don't know if this person can really give it to me, so I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> no, we gotta be able to say that we want it, that we desire it. And that show, um, Oh God, it, it just, it just, it really just opened up my mind. Um, not that I didn't already have these dreams and things that I want, but you know, you know, as a gay black boy, you, you first have to shake off the fear that it's okay that you want these things, <laughs> you know, that it's okay for you to want the relationship and the family and the kids and, and the dog and the in the in the, in the house in the suburbs or the, the condo in the city with your partner that you want to walk down the street and hold hands that you ha first have to say that that's okay for you to have and then you have to try to find somebody who also wants to have those same things and if they're not in a place where they're ready to articulate it to at least determine whether or not that's something that they want so that y'all can get there at the same time or or try or try to walk that path to to arrive there eventually you know what i'm saying because there's no point of me or anybody being in a relationship when you know that you want to have a family and the person you with don't when you know that you want to get married and the person you with don't we see that play out in heterosexual relationships all the time uh, engaged for five years together for 30 uh, hell no anybody got life is too short for that my mother died at 49 years old so if i didn't learn anything in her passing i learned that life is too short and there are no real expectations of how long you're gonna live and so you need to live it like you like you don't get another one because i, I was joking with a friend the other day yes because i am christian yes because i'm under the ark of the covenant of the holy spirit i know <laughs> that there is life after death but eternal life don't sound like like what I'm living right now. It sounds great, but it doesn't sound like I'm gonna nearly have as much freedom as I have right now. So I'm trying to live this life <laughs> and really enjoy it because eternal life sounds a whole lot different. I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, like my friend always say, 
Y'all talk about bacon honey. I don't know if there's no fried chicken, fried catfish, greens and collard greens, macaroni and cheese uh, <laughs> up in heaven. So if I'm going to be living up in heaven, eating milk and honey, then I need to get my greens and collard greens and macaroni and cheese and beans and cornbread now. Oh, that's all I'm saying. That's a joke. Don't take that too literal. But the, the point I'm trying to make is you you have to grab this life by the balls and really live it. And you can't do that if you're living with somebody who's still in the space of fear or somebody who doesn't even have the spirit to dream and to envision. And if it's a situation where that person's spirit to dream and envision has been dampened, try to see if you can awake it. But if you get to a point where you realize that you can't awake it, then you need to reevaluate some things. Um, and we saw that in that episode. You know, I want a kid. It's not that I don't want a kid, but I don't want a kid right now was the conversation that they were having. And so one person, it seemed as if it was another delay. But there was a legitimate fear that the other person had that they 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 didn't know how to articulate. And it took a friend to say, I've talked to you both. I know where you both stand. I don't want to trivialize, be, trivi, trivialize being a parent because I'm a single woman, but I am jointly parenting my child. But my life did not work out the way that I thought it was. I thought that I was going to get married. I thought I was going to be with that man. And we actually were going to have another child and made the decision to abort that child because we didn't think that we could do it together. It took her to have that conversation with them for them to be like, oh, wow. Because she had heard both perspectives and she wanted to offer another perspective. I think you guys will be great parents, but let me let you know this shit ain't easy. Even with all of the fabulous things you got going on, it ain't easy. And I thought that in itself was beautiful. And that's the importance of having friends who got your back. Not just people around, but people who really want what you want out of your life. They want those same things for you. You want to be happy and be in a relationship? That's what I want for you. And this is what I'm going to say to make sure that you understand that I want those things for you. It's a beautiful thing. And that's why, again, it's important to have those friends, those sounding boards, that when you tripping, they can be like, let me bring some gravity to this situation so you understand. I'm a gravity friend. I tell people all the time, I'm not the friend that's going to do a stakeout with you. I'm not the friend that's about to go wreck shop with you. I'm the friend that's going to be like, let's sit down and talk about it. I understand your point of view, but what about your person's point of view? What about your partner's point of view? Are you hearing them? Are you are you hearing them? And are you listening to what it is that they're saying that they need or that they want? Or are you just so caught up in what it is that you need and you want that you don't understand or care to understand where they're coming from? I'm that friend. And you got to have those type of people in your life because what she did in that moment is she allowed them to come together and realize each person's perspective see it differently as a person who has a child trying to navigate her life and her career as a person who has a child who's had to make some sacrifices in order to make that possible um and from that they were able to look at things differently and now they're on they're on the same page and because they're on the same page they are going to be able to they ended the season saying we're, we're starting we've talked about this for years but now we're starting we're on it anyway i just wanted to share that with you <laughs>
I would really, 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 really love to hear your thoughts about my perspective and what I think as it pertains to those those black men with white men. I would really like to hear your thoughts about this 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 show. And if, for those of you who haven't seen it, please go watch it. But for those of you who have seen it, I would love to hear what you think about it. I would love to dialogue about this because I think that these are the things that we have to 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 begin to break down within our community if we plan on surviving and creating a world for our children because let's be real our children see things much differently than we see things um are the younger generations not particularly my children but um they have access to things and view things in a very very different way it's interesting i had a conversation with my middle brother when i was home last um where I basically was like, hey, I'm gay and I have a boyfriend. <laughs> um, and I haven't had to ha- I had an opportunity to have that conversation with my youngest brother because it's, well, now I'm having it. So, <laughs> um, because, well, that's if he listens. Doesn't matter. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is I wanted to have that conversation with him face to face. And for years and years and years and years and years, I've struggled with this because even though my younger brothers are adult men, um, my middle brother is 24. He'll be 25 in December. My youngest brother turns 22 today. Happy birthday. Um, they're adults. And so they have ideas. They're not foolish. They're not stupid. They they understand how life works. <laughs> you know, um, they're able to deduce things on their own. And I was so fearful about having a conversation with them because I was fearful, fearful of being rejected by them. Because my brothers, because they're nine and 12 years younger than I am, are like my babies. You know, like I, I, I love them. I will do anything for them. I will do things for them before I would do for myself because I love them. And I, my relationship is I've seen them grow from infancy, in, from infancy to adulthood, to manhood. And I've never really gotten an opportunity or hadn't gotten an opportunity until they were born to see that process through 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 fruition many people have seen me grow from infancy to adulthood and so now that i'm 34 i have people in my family like i don't believe that shit so i'm in that space of bewilderment i don't believe that shit i don't believe that a baby that was four pounds flat i don't believe that a baby that was one pound and 12 ounces is now taller than me (laughs) whose voice is deeper than mine who is a college graduate i don't believe those things but they're real and it's fine but i had the conversation with my middle brother and he basically said that dad had had a conversation, my father had had a conversation with them to ask them if they cared about gay marriage. And they were like, no, don't affect me, don't really care. So when I had the conversation with my brother and I was like, hey, this is what it is, do you care? He was like, no. It was a weight lifted off my shoulders that was greater than the weight of having that conversation with my father. Because He sees me as his brother. He sees me as a Morehouse man. He sees me as a Drexel University graduate. He sees me as a positive, contributing, law-abiding citizen. He sees me as someone who cares about Black people, who cares about the LGBTQIA community. And that's all he cares about. And I lived a large majority of my of my adult life in fear that those things would create a space of rejection and he don't care 
So we have to begin to not allow our fears and what we think other people think and uh, and how we think other people may feel limit our lives. It is okay and it is your right as a gay black man to want everything out of this life that's entitled to your heterosexual white man or heterosexual black man counterpart. If you want a fucking family, have one. If you want a fucking spouse, have one. If you want to skip down the street holding your boyfriend's hand, fucking do it. We have that right. And I am tired of having the conversation arguing with people on whether or not I have that right. I do. And I and I plan on living my life in a way that says I have a right to do this shit. And I admonish and encourage all of you to do the same. And to begin to have these conversations more so that we can shake this whole idea of what is normal and what's not normal. And we don't have to continue to have the conversation about normalcy 15 to 20 years from now. Because it won't be relevant because our kids don't care. Are you a good person? Do you treat me right? Do you love me? Are you not hurting people? We cool. And that's kind of how they operate. And we have to begin to take lessons from our children and babies who aren't bogged down with all of this hate and dissension that the world gives us. Like that little, like those little boys. It's a little boy, a little white boy, a little black boy who, who said that they were going to get their haircuts the same to confuse their teacher on the first day of school. That's the type of that's the type of world we need to live in. We need to see the world through their eyes. Cuz it is clear that one of those babies is chocolate and the other one is vanilla. But to them, they're friends and they're brothers. And getting an identical haircut is going to confuse their teacher. That's beauty. That's a beauty that we haven't known in a very very long time. And we're never going to get there until we start having these conversations, kind of break down these walls and these barriers. Because I want to see more black love. And I can't see black love if I'm a black man who wants to love in a way that my fellow black man doesn't want to love. And so I have to go outside of my race in order to get that or find that. And that's something that we really need to analyze. Anyway, I'm not going to hold you. This is a long episode, but I think it's worth it. (laughs) Please like, please share, please review, please rate. All of those things on your various platforms, because I know this podcast is on multiple platforms, platforms, some platforms that I'm not even a part of. So I don't even know what's going on there. And maybe I should check into that because maybe somebody's on Pocket Cast, like asking me a bunch of questions that I haven't answered. But please check me out. Please share. And please have this discussion in your family units and your friend circles, because it's important. I love y'all for real. Have an awesome Tuesday and awesome week. Peace.